Here's how it goes. You're in for something very special. Since we just wrapped up the Rock and Roll Happy Hour with our friends from Booze Brothers uh, with their Owl Farm Blackberry Cruiser, they had one more Owl Farm beer tucked in the satchel full of ice. And I figured, you know, it's been a while since we've done it after the Rock and Roll Happy Hour. This is definitely a more raw, non-edited take on the beer we're drinking tonight. And uh, first of all, i got to say thank you to you guys. Not a problem. Yeah, bravo, really dude. Yeah. For everything you've Thanks done. For us. Um, you, mean, you, you guys blew me away with some of the, the cleanliness of the beers that you had with the Buena Vista, which I, I honestly I wasn't expecting it to be what it was. Mm-hmm. was smelling it, it just I thought it was going to be dank, sticky, and I thought it was going to be one of those beers where I wanted to brush my tongue afterwards. But I mean, you, you've really impressed me, and I can't believe. I mean, five years, you guys, you guys are like a secret. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, a lot of a lot of people talk about some of the the, the 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 newer, the older breweries out there with such reverence. I don't understand at this point why you guys aren't on the top of the top of the pop. We're I think it has out. a lot to do with our location. You know, everyone expects great beer to come out of you know North Park or or a few other places. Around, the 56. You know, yeah. anywhere in San Diego. But you know, when you get to North County, you just don't expect great beer to come out. But even though there is great beer all over North County. But Vista's just kind of this hidden gem, and no one really seeks it out. That, think, that, so. that whole Oceanside, Vista, San Marcos area, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's littered with so many great breweries. Mm-hmm. But it really is. It's, 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 it's hard to get up there. I, I, I feel like you know, it's, it's, you're, 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 very, you're very isolated depending on where you are geographically Not, in San Diego because it's such a big county. Well, mm-hmm. that. Below the 56 and above the 56 seem to be... They don't Vastly cross paths. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Dude, and, having and lived in Encinitas, yeah. and lived in Mission uh, Mission Hills, and lived in Lakeside, mm-hmm. I, I feel it. They're, they're once you cross the fifty six, like you might as well go to L A. Yeah. yeah, that's the nice. But thing it's about not L A. No, but it's not L A. So but you. But if you live north of the 56, it's a whole other country. Going south of it is like yeah. going to Mexico. It's like, oh yeah. God, I don't want to go to the Casbah tonight because <laughs> of you know I, I live in Encinitas and I have to drive all the way down to yeah. Laurel Street. Ugh. Well, as a guy who lives in Escondido and works in Oceanside, I am so glad you guys are at my halfway point. <laughs> <laughs> this is by. amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. From now on, I mean, it's, it's like where have you been all our lives? <laughs> Well, that's the kind of the question I'm asking because you know the, some of the, the the beer bars I've I've been to, I don't see you guys on tap as much as I would like. If and you are if you are down below the 56, that's like kind of like what you're saying. How far it is? I mean, we still self distribute. Fraser's out there. We're oh, in, you're you're doing self distribution. We self distribute. We're in wow. over 220 accounts. That's like hugely responsible to Fraser. Uh, but below the 56, I mean, when you're delivering, when you're trying to knock on people's doors and you have to show up there at 530 and you want to end your day at, you know, five or you want to be in North County for events that we have going on, it's harder to get down that way and to saturate this part of the market. If you're above the 56, we are we're, we're doing well. We're really pleased with what our placement is. Um but as a self-distributor, there's still a lot of so we're, limitations. We're, can we rattle off a few places where we could find you guys? Sure. Um, currently, right now, you can find us permanently at Encinitas uh, Fish Shop, uh, Crack Shack in Encinitas. Uh, we serve all throughout North County um, in places like Pure Burger, uh, Board and Brew, and Beach Hut Deli. Uh, we love working with uh, a lot of smaller uh 
businesses because we are a small business. And we understand the things that they go through as a business. You don't make beer like a small business, though. Nope. We're, here to, make be- we're here, to make here, here to make beer for, for the masses, but at the same time, we realize who our, our market is, and we know who, who will appreciate our beer and respect it. And that's we, and that's what we're here to, to do is basically produce high quality beer for folks. We care about quality tremendously, but you also can find our beer at like a very reasonable price, in my opinion. Like our tasting room, you can get our beers for five, six bucks. See that that's a huge thing right there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's cost of entry, yeah. especially with somebody in your position because you're making really good beer. You're putting high quality ingredients into it, and I do believe that even if the beer is really good, if you're looking at a I don't know, a four-pack of cans that are 16 ounces, and you're looking at a $24 tab, yeah. it, it, that's, that's I mean, it's it's affordable, but you don't do it all the time. If, yeah. if it's a $5 a can kind of deal, and that I That seems get, really pricey to me, to yeah. be honest, and you can get ours for 10 to, 10 to 15 bucks for a four-pack. Well, which is awesome, and that's, that, that's why, you know, beer. my go-to place up in Esco, Jeremy, where I've... Usually stopping on the way home from uh, doing this show. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going there tonight because I know they always have you guys on the shelf there. And and it flies off the shelf. And and that's why I'm just astonished that more people don't know about this. We are North County. You can say I don't feel your guys' presence that much. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's... different it's almost like a whole different market below the 56 and Mm -hmm. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is kind of irrelevant it's just we are trying to get out to as many places we can without sacrificing uh any kind of relationships that we already have and and distribution is a tough one and i think the whole beer market (coughs) is seeing that right now Mm -hmm. and we are we're in that boat with everyone where you just have to be doing your best and getting out there where you can um, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff going on in the beer world that's not what any of us really want to be seeing. There's great breweries left and right starting to close down. Dude, this, this has been a brutal week for that. It's Council a, it's, Brewing announced that they're wrapping up things. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe that. Benchmark yeah. is on the rocks with their HQ and their uh, mm-hmm. their landlord. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that this I, I would have never thought in a million years a brewery like Benchmark or Council Brewing would be in dire straits enough. To they're look, they're so respected, doors. and it's it, those are those kind of breweries where you look at it and you're like, holy shit, if you're going out of business – this should be telling for a lot of people of where where beer is at right now. It you know it's really cool that there's as many breweries as there are, um, but at the same time, sustainability is going to be a huge part of where this industry needs to start looking at. And if you opened up a brewery and you were just planning on being a tasting room, you're probably in for a punch in the face because look at what's going on with some of some of the best beer in San Diego. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that was that, that was a gut punch for me this week yeah. when I saw that come across the wire. I was like, I went down to I went down to both last weekend, and it's really cool seeing the amount of people that turn out and support those breweries in their tap rooms. When when you hear that noise, but it would also be rad if those people were also at all of these tasting rooms more regularly. Not not calling anyone out. It's just there's so many choices of where you can drink now. Uh, it's easy for a quality brewery to almost get forgotten about because. The next place open, the next hype train open, yeah. the next, the next lactose bullshit beer <laughs> release comes out, and you all of a sudden you're you're waiting in line for a thirty dollar four pack when there's a phenomenal brewery two feet away, right around the corner. That's not that's not getting the attention that it truly deserves, uh, and that's a that's a gnarly one. It's it's upsetting to see good beer neglected and. 
certain well, stuff being every neighborhood needs a local watering hole but when it gets to the point where there's 14 watering holes in the same you know in, well, five in miles, one block, everybody's in, in industrial block, yeah. <laughs> everyone so. gets spread out and so you have four guys at one tasting room four guys at one tasting room four guys at one, when they all used to be at this one that was a great brewery so you know it gets a little rough with everything well and and but. with that you know this industry is going in a in a in one direction in a way that it should you have all of these bars and restaurants and liquor stores really adopting what all of us are, are brewing and that's the coolest thing so now you don't have to go to a business park to drink quality beer and and to be able to say that is phenomenal especially compared to five ten years ago that you don't have to go into the dark in the business parks in a weird location <laughs> to drink something that's worthwhile drinking but with that you are taking away tasting room sales and whether you look at that as a good thing or a bad thing is is up to you but so candidly your tasting room makes up how much i mean you don't have to give me exact numbers but give me a percentage for what you do, I mean, you yourself, you're self-distributed. Is so, tasting room like 85% of what your sales well, are? Well, barrelage-wise, we distribute as much as our tasting room pours now. Oh, which oh is wow. about which half is and half. Awesome. So you're yeah. half and half. Wow. Yeah. And and so we're first, we're out there. But but margin-wise, I like our tasting room. <laughs> yeah, of course because, you do. Because yeah. at that point, you, know, you, you are making 90% of the profit off that. Right. You're not splitting it with whatever bar you're selling it to. Right. And, you know, we, got, we started thinking about this a long while ago because we opened five years ago. And to some people, that's a long time. But to a lot of people in this industry, that's nothing. Yeah. So, what, what did, what did uh, Pete from Alesmith say? About uh, making his first dollar at Alesmith? Oh, what did that years? take, like 12 years? I yeah. think it was eight. <laughs> Eight. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it could it be was revision eight, but it history, like twelve. But you know, the quickest way to make you know a million dollars in brewing is to start with two million. There so you, you go. have to. De- <laughs> you definitely have to plan for the long game. God, what an upsetting quote. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think what made him money actually was getting married, and his wife started putting everyone in line. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you need somebody to be the boss, right? We um, <laughs> when when we started growing, we actually took over. Uh, a suite next to us and then took over the next suite and whatnot. But we created part of our tasting room into a private event space. So we do, we do well over 60 weddings a year at our brewery. Wow. So you, you have a destination then we have a destination spot for a booked event. So, you know, on the other end of our building, it's a whole second tasting room, bathrooms, bar, back patio, all of that. And we host private events and that's been a really cool Avenue for us to, only serve our beer and people find out our beer from out of town. So we, a lot of to go sales after a wedding and whatnot, but we knew early on that we had to be creative with ways that we're going to sell our beer because it's such a saturated market and that's awesome for the consumer. It's tougher for the manufacturer and you just have to find ways to make it work. And and you're getting another location. We are. Yeah. We're actually, um, we just signed on, uh, we just signed a lease for a new spot in downtown Vista. Uh, it is basically in the heart of downtown, big building, and it's going to be a venue for live music, weddings, events, all sorts of stuff. It's 8,200 square feet. We're going to serve all of our beer. Um, and it's going to be an extension of what we're already doing, uh, but like a twist. And that's the thing. It's, it's being creative with how you're going to sell your beer, kind of like what we did with Owl Farm. What's a way to not necessarily rebrand our existing brand, but add something in addition that's truly different. Mm-hmm. And being creative is going to be huge right now. And I love places like 
Bagby, who just stays so true to craft beer. That is an amazing brand that's able to do everything, in my opinion, 100% right. But you're not going to get 130 plus breweries in San Diego who can operate the way Bagby does. No. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, it. It took Jeff so long to open up his brewery <laughs> because he wanted to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had to find the right location. He had to find everything that he needed to be comfortable to operate. And I, I think that's that's truly what sets him apart. Because remember, remember the years he left Pizza Port. Everybody asked, all right, when's Bagby opening up his brewery? When's yeah. Bagby opening up his brewery? The time is hot. I mean, Tomorrow. right now is right Tomorrow. Now, it's time to Tomorrow. get out there. And he, he I just feel like he just time. moved to Costa Rica and disappeared. It took so long. I was like, nah, he's gone. He's yeah, never coming that, back. That, that, that's a great assumption, but we all know that behind the scenes, him and Dandy were working their asses off oh, yeah. to make sure and everything night. that they did was perfect to the T, and that's why they're always busy. I mean, Ken, you you drive by there how many times a week? <laughs> and, and, more like and how many like, times I a day. I know you, you go by that more than I do. <laughs> I do indeed. I do indeed. And, and that's one thing that I think people in North County are grateful for because we don't have, I mean, it's not North Park. There aren't like a dozen restaurants per block where you can go to and hang out and have a, a unique and wonderful time. So I think seeking places out like your place that's huge for the folks who live up there. Yeah, I agree. Come to our spot. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Get your ass over there. Drink some beer. Um, you know, we, we, we've been waxing poetic here for the last 15 minutes about the, the state of the brewing industry. Can we talk about this uh, this this yeah. last Al Farm beer you poured out? That uh, You said, is this is this releasing or is this going this to be This was actually released? the first one that we determined. Uh, this was the first official Al Farm beer and still one of our most popular Peachy monkey, peachy monkey. Mm-hmm. Peachy so it's basically monkey. a uh, white peach ale with uh, apple, some apple juice on the backside. Um, then it's 100% Brett fermented, so you pick up kind of light sulfur notes on the front side from the little barnyardy. Uh, and then really, it's, little it's horse the blanket. Bread. I, really I wouldn't even give it barnyardy a horse blanket. Honestly, when mm-hmm. I hear when I, I I I picture those flavors, I get just this really kind of. This 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 green flavor in my brain. This doesn't have any yeah. of that. This it has a certain. We've gotten a lot of like cider, white wine. Yes, kind of. those are definitely more appropriate. Yeah, yeah definitely white wine. They, I mean, I think that that. it kind of tastes like a funky peach snapple. At the end of the day, that's, <laughs> that's what I always go after. But maybe this and you would have called it that, but for the uh, the cease and desist that you got from uh, Apple. I mean, Apple. <laughs> in the tasting room, this one moves really well. A lot of people come in, kind of like coachable. what Maury was talking about earlier. If you drink Chardonnay, you can drink this. Yeah, if you got a, a a group coming in and you've got thirty people, there's always five people who are like, I don't drink beer, mm-hmm. and especially when they go, I like cider. Hey, try this one out. Yep. It, well, because it kind of is a cider. I mean, you got a certain amount of apple juice in there, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, to, to a degree, and it just kind of it speaks to that customer, and that's what's really cool about this brand is it's a real uh, interim brand where it's just approachable for people. And, and, and you know, it's funny because I like beer. Mm-hmm. Cool, it's the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like beer. I still like beer. Burr. <laughs> Ken, we all know you like beer. A lot I'll, of me. There's, I'll, there's I'll no say before a congressional hearing, like I've always liked beer, and I still like it. This satisfies both, you know, both sides of that table. Yep. I mean, it, it it's dry, crisp, not overly sweet, but at the same mm-hmm. time, if you don't like that hop bite or whatever, it's um, 
great entree for people. Yeah. This is also a great summer beer, too. I mean, if you oh, think about yeah. it, sometime in the, the summer, when especially in East County, when it's 105 degrees outside yep. and you're trying to concentrate on grilling whatever the hell meat you've got for your weekend, you don't want some sticky, dank IPA that's mm-hmm. 8.5% that you get buzzed on before you're even done. I mean, this is... This is kind of this is a social beer. This is a this is a cooking beer. This but, is, but, but this is it, something you can drink and enjoy and and not feel like hell about yourself. And at the same time, it's not like sweet like an Alka Pop or something like yes. that, that. Oh God, that, no! God. You know, it, it's far far from that. It is. It stands on its own as a beer. And that was the thing: was how to speak to the craft community while also being approachable to a novice drinker and. There are beers out there that are very, very popular right now that, as a craft, a true craft drinker, just kind of piss me off. And, and <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and I mean, everybody, every, no, no, there's no names needed, but like it, it's kind of the same thing for the craft community when you see how the hell is this beer as big as it is. Mm-hmm. And it really opens your eyes to where the state of craft is, at least in Southern California. And that's... That's kind of upsetting to a degree, right? So what can we do to reach those same people without embarrassing ourselves while making an approachable beer? And Al Farm was our answer. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing to be embarrassed here about. Mm-hmm. This is and The really amazing. nice thing about these beers, too, is they they can be cooked with. You can make a cocktail with them. You can. Ooh, dude, you just um, opened up a whole new avenue. Beer cocktails with this? Yeah, I mean, I'm Get not. It. I'm not lying. This after that afternoon zester is an amazing cocktail. On a Jeremy, you got yeah. a bottle of gin in your um, desk, don't you? Yep. <laughs> we, we really just wanted to branch the gap. You know, like I feel like there was there was just an opportunity, and and Dave and Donnie re- and Chris came together, and they were just like, if we're not, if we don't go after this gap, after this gap, and really fill it that somebody else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. And for me as a sales guy, I was like, well, opportunity speaks to the ability to make sales and to grow as a company. So let's go out there and do it. Let's go and challenge the public. Let's, let's take it to the next step because really with the evolution of craft beer in the world right now, it's what's necessary. It's really what's necessary because, um, unfortunately some of our true to craft beers have become very fruity. Yeah. And unfortunately, that doesn't really represent craft beer. That represents a fruit infusion that can mask. It's a trend. Mask a beer and ma- maybe mask, you know, the flaws in that beer. So right. this, and, and this there's no masking really, here. You, you no. get that fruit presence. And we really wanted it to be present. You know, like we, like Maury was saying, you know, it's no artificial flavors, no added sugars. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really let the fermentation, the yeast, and the fruits do the job. Yeah, it's And they do an amazing job. Um, we are going to be coming out with in the near future. It'll be out be right, right after Christmas, but cranberry cocoa is coming out and it's going to be a cranberry, raspberry, cacao nib, kettle sour. Oh my God. So you got like, so that. if you think you're puckering now, <laughs> this is a chocolate covered cranberry. It's yep. tart at the finish. See? It is gonna be amazing, and We're if it doesn't really blow you away, I'd be surprised. This, this, this is what makes me excited about this project. I'm glad you got you guys brought these beers here tonight 
because this just this this renews my yeah. excitement for San Diego's craft Absolutely. beer scene, which you know I do feel to a certain degree has gotten a little stagnant. We're all trying to make the the bigger, bettier, bet better pog hazy we IPA. We want to be the next big thing. I, I honestly think we need to focus on doing the things that that, that are true to us and that just make really good beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. with with what you're doing with Al Farm, what you're doing with Booze Brothers on its own, the beer will stand for itself. And as long as you guys keep true to that. You'll have no problem. What's important to me is like when tasting beer, drinking beer, coming up with flavors is trying to bring someone back to a happy memory and finding flavors that do that. And there's, you know, certain things through life that we all experience. Uh, A great example of like bad or good memory is like, you know, the smell of fresh cut grass that you can find in beer sometimes. And for some people, they love that smell and that can bring them back to a great memory. And f- maybe there's that one kid who had a lawnmower every weekend, five acres of grass, and he hates that smell. And so that beer <laughs> will always upset him. And so we try and find these like happy mediums of happy flavors that speak to more of the masses here and there. And try and find those flavors where you're always bringing someone back to like a great memory, basically. Well, well you've got it. I mean, the, the, this peachy monkey, it's redolent. Of like, what is that word? Th- yeah, I'm I was, sorry. I was just looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Donnie went out. I had to read it and had to yeah. stop. <laughs> uh, of, 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 of like the countryside, mm-hmm. it's natural, it's earthy, it's delicious. There's nothing cloying about it. There's nothing false about it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it just, uh, there are a lot of innuendo in this beer. Nice. I know that In word. a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I For sure. I, I mean, try, it's definitely that? That Peachy down. Monkey was definitely my all-time favorite when we first came out with it, and still is uh, one of my favorite beers that we we make. I pretty much drink Good Guy and Peachy Monkey on a daily basis. We uh we have a back bar. We have, we have an outdoor patio in our tasting room, and uh, for a good long time, we did Mondays with Maury. So Mondays are notoriously a slower a slower tasting room day. You didn't you didn't just see what just happened, did I you? Didn't, yeah. Maury poured the rest of the Peachy Monkey into Fraser's glass, drank it himself, and then pushed it over in front of him. Can you clean this up for me, please? Hey, hey, hey. Let me let me move that for you. No worries. Sorry about Here, that. I got some gesture for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Excellent. Oh my God, no! It does happen to uh, cross your eyes a little bit. We Sorry. do that at our brewery a lot. Yes. I have no problem drinking up any of. Yeah. We share all our germs. So. There's a lot of sharing of germs. Yeah. Uh, if one yeah, person's we, sick, we're all sick. We, we had a we have but, our back bar and we did this thing called Mondays with Maury, where we put all of our pilot batches on the back bar with different names, so no one actually knew. Uh, down the road what they were drinking but Peachy Monkey was the first Owl Farm beer after a couple versions going through that people were like this is the one this is the one and that was the first Owl Farm beer decided upon after yeah. that it was the Blackberry Cruiser and then we came out with the Gin Goza it was a gin inspired kettle sour oh, stop <laughs> well yeah that was it's actually my favorite one but one thing that we learned was when introducing a new brand that's speaking to the general public uh, when you write gin on something, when you yeah. write goza, which is a word that most people don't know, when you say there's uh, dill in it. Goza is an <laughs> industry term. It's it's much like the yeah. way yeah. we use meet and greet in radio. To, mm-hmm. to, to most people, meet and greet doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To us, we know it's a handshake and a picture with an artist. But right. there, there's no equity there. Mm-hmm. You say goza 
to the general public. They go, uh, I don't know what that is. Is that an IPA? Uh, yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> it yeah. was because it was probably the most interesting beer on our list. We kind of felt we should spell it out as direct as possible. Uh, it is, again, it's actually my favorite Owl Farm beer that we've created until this cranberry cocoa that's coming out. But uh, the gin goza just had so much going on. But People were also confused by gin, goza, and the fact that there was dill in it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but th- see, that was our original see, lineup. As an experienced beer drinker, you have my interest right now. Yeah. I would have yeah. loved to taste what that beer had to offer. It was definitely and inspired really, by yeah. the like gin and tonic cocktail, and which is something I love personally during the yeah, summertime. Yeah, there's nothing and, wrong with that. And I was again, we I think we were all stoked on this coming out, but it definitely wasn't like our biggest seller. I think a lot of people got confused by it, but and I think just ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. um, new brand, new, new setting. It's kind of like we said, novice, intermediate expert, and really the beer geek exactly up in LA freaked out on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Once again, I a place of the culture up I there. couldn't it's cocktail culture. And I really, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why Alfarm was just flying off the shelf up there. <laughs> and then I was talking to one of my customers up there and he says, you know what? There's just nothing that's like this on my shelf. Yeah. He's like, that's a barrel aged sour. That's a, that's this sour. That's that sour. But this is so far around that, that it speaks to the people that need that. And, and really Jengoza is an amazing beer and I'm sure we'll come back out with it again. And I really hope that we do because it really speaks to a, a really rad well, customer base. Well, the plan is as people start to understand Alfarm more and really once we've like gained their trust with what we do, think of how many breweries come out with some garbage beer. And once they've, no, I mean, it is what it is. Like they'll, they'll do, they'll do 50 good releases and then they could actually come out with a dud. People are still going to apparently line up out the door for it. So we want to gain people's trust with what we're doing as a whole and then reintroduce that because everybody who seems to drink the Jangoza loves it. It's just a, it's an intimidating beer in the sense of, I don't like gin. I don't know what that other word is. I don't right. like dill. Yeah, I don't and like we dill. Put, we put yeah. dill in Did you guys put a goose in there? I don't so know. So it's it's a weird one for people. So it's kind when of the, like. What you, what you need to call it is the Owl Farm Juniper Blaster. There you go. And everybody will love it. <laughs> oh, there's your branding guy right there. I mean, Good job, Jen. Jen. What, what you've done is you, 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 you just disarmed Jen yeah. by, by throwing Juniper in there. And Blaster is just a fun word because, yeah. you know, you're, you're getting smacked <laughs> over the face with both Jen and Bill. You should so. have invited us on the show a while ago. You know what? <laughs> you could have been blasting those 4.5% beers yeah. all One thing long. that was interesting about this beer, too, is that it really spoke to hopheads, people that liked IPAs. Oh, yeah. There was just something herbaceous about it. Yeah, the aromatics are with hops, incredible. And it literally, like, I think it has no hops or very little hops in this beer at all. But the juniper was so present and bitter. And then you getting get all that. I mean, forward. briny. Like, like a like you just made brine to, to put yeah. a pork in there. It's and almost like, like a like a pickleback. Oh pick, what am I, what am I like smelling? <laughs> brine and dill are not going to appeal to most beer drinkers what are you who go about? into Everybody a Everybody loves pickles. <laughs> well, you ever you like a, like a pickleback <laughs> with a shot of whiskey? Yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of like a pickleback. I love this logo you guys have of Thank a dude you. with a shotgun. He's got a beer glass for a head, and the other guy's is what is he holding a knife? No. 
That's yeah. a that's actually that's just hell a is going on here. T-shirt, sticker, artwork piece. So that's actually a play on another take of Dave and Donnie. So Dave and Donnie, as the actual brothers, we've always used them. Which are super nice bosses. Super nice bosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Dave and Donnie, for no. giving them the time yeah. today. <laughs> we love you. We have something the Booze Brothers where there's a piece where their head is a can and their head's a bottle. Uh, so the one you're talking about is the Owl Farm rendition of it. So we're really big on the aesthetics of both our brands. Uh, my take since day one, and I handle the marketing, my, my take has been if you have a craft product, the outside should represent the inside. Uh. I've never understood why there are craft beer brands out there that look like a Coors Light can. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. If something, if you, if you make a can or a bottle that looks generic, what is telling someone this is a craft product? Nothing. And so, I mean, teach their own. There's a there's a ton of brands out there that might not be my art style, but I look at it and I'm like, that is something that stands out and looks great on Hold the shelf. Uh, the success from Modern Times alone tells you that that works. Yeah. Because they have a very <laughs> unique art set that everybody relates to. And when they see it, they gravitate towards it because they know it's something different. It's, yeah. it's not generic. And you know what? And, and to, to almost the opposite of what I just said, Modern Times did a great job in the beginning, too, of having very stable. Um, clean cans right. where it wasn't anything overly unique but holy shit it also just looked amazing at the same time so all of their new releases obviously speak in a different way but as a whole I just think your brand through and through should be craft so and reflect we, we yeah it should reflect that and so when we started with bottles I knew to a degree exactly what I wanted to see and we all talked about that and it was really important to make sure that anything visual on our behalf is as strong as we think our beer is. Well, I think you guys nailed it. I, th- I think it's time for me to get out of here because the wife is texting me. She wants me home. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 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 there's a lot, on the radio, there's a lot of bromance going on in here right now. <laughs> we could we could sit here and talk a lot. Oh, about yeah. you guys' amazing beer. I should but, don't uh, want one more beer. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Where I, I wanna I wanna have you guys back and check in with you. Uh, it's about six months. I want to see yeah. how the uh, the Owl Farm okay. just it just changes from here to there. Yeah, and it. it Thank you guys for what you're bringing to San Diego Craft Beer. That's all I can Thank say. Thank you. Yeah, this is an adventure. Thanks for bringing it back. Yeah, we really do. 